This is a Fubar Radio podcast. You can subscribe to the app on Apple and Android. Visit foobarradio.com for more details. James Acaster on Fubar Radio. Fairly well uh, by Oscar Isaac and Marcus Mumford. That's from uh, it's from the Inside Lewin Davis soundtrack. Start off with a soundtrack one. Why not? Uh, guess what I did earlier on? I spoke into the wrong microphone. Uh, so if you, if you were wondering why it sounded quiet, it's because I don't know uh, how to sp- what mic to speak in in, this, in the studio. But there you go. Uh, my guest today is Paul Kassar. Uh Hello, Paul. Um, hi there. How you doing? Good, thanks, mate. Bit flustered. Don't, yep. know, don't know where my mics are. So no. Well, I mean, we're sitting here, and there's about six of them around us. So um, it's very confusing. Yeah. Uh, also, like in my defence, that mic was where my mic usually is. Exactly. So he was lulled in there. So he but went straight for it, as you should. Still stupid, though, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> still pretty stupid. Um, Paul, that was a. I mean, that was coincidentally uh, a song from a movie soundtrack where the actor. Yeah. The lead actor is singing on it. Have you ever had to do that for a role? Um, thankfully not. No. To be fair. Can you not? No. Uh, well, I, yeah, I convinced myself I can sing, but it's pretty hideous. Um, <laughs> I think actually once there was an audition I went up for, which was a Peter Pan thing in right. Regent's Park. And I had to sing a song for that. So I foolishly picked, I think it was Blackbird or Yesterday from the Beatles, which was particularly high. Not easy. Yeah. Not easy, no. So literally like sort of one bar into it and the whole panel was just sitting there in hysterics. So it's kind of like, yeah, imagine the worst of X Factor, you're kind of sitting there and you, you know, I oh, wanted God. to stop, but I think they were enjoying it so much that they just. Do kept, you think maybe, maybe, for com- maybe they'll give me the role for. Just out of sympathy, yeah. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, fingers crossed. He's absolutely awful, this will bring the house down. Oh, was, it a kids, was it a kids thing, Peter Pan? Was it yeah, a Panto? Yeah. Um, no, it was a big Regent's Park thing. Wow. Um, so, yeah, it was quite a big deal, but yeah, just totally. Yeah, I ended up playing Smee instead. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, the other thing they wanted as well, because um, I play a bit of guitar, um, so they mm. wanted me to sort of come in and sort of play a bit, bit of guitar. But a couple of weeks before that, I snapped the ligaments in my finger. Oh, gosh. So couldn't play guitar, so I hurriedly tried to learn how to play the harmonica. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, that'll be easy, harmonica. Yeah, Absolute yeah. doddle. Um, so, again, went in and, yeah, got that kind of hideously wrong as well. well did, did you was it a Beatles song on the harmonica as well? Yeah, yeah, I tried to sort of accompany it. Oh so, god! Yeah, so you were doing Dylan and the Beatles. Dylan and the Beatles was, was which, taking both of them out. Yeah, totally, totally annihilated both of them. You were telling me something about the Beatles sweet. earlier. Would you? Would, would you care? Would you want to share it? Or the um, have yeah, to? yeah, no, no, absolutely. Um, yeah, my real name is Paul McCartney. So Brilliant. there's a little connection there. <laughs> <laughs> Anything growing up with that? Were people bringing it up a lot? Um, yeah, it was a good icebreaker. Yes, yeah. um, and obviously sort of helped. Um, you know, sort of restaurant bookings and yeah, flights <laughs> and, and pieces like that. So I've kind of played along with it, and yeah, yeah. just sort of claimed to be his illegit- illegitimate love child. Yeah, I think that works. Yeah, it works. Uh, it's, it's worked so far. Who wouldn't if they could? If, if they could, yeah. I, I did a gig once on a, on a New Year's Eve, and I didn't mm. know that it wasn't. I thought it was just comedy. Sure. And it was not. And I also didn't know it was in a church. Okay. Um, and um, I didn't know it was to the congregation. And everyone else there went to the church. I was the only non-person <laughs> who wasn't at that church Heathen. performing. <laughs> yeah, so, like, and I had to go on after. I had to go on second. I had to do 40 minutes, which is a long time, yeah. in front of a very, uh, very quiet crowd. But uh, before me was a young lad from the congregation playing Blackbird. Right. Uh, and just playing it the most sorrowful 
oh. version, like really, like really well. Yeah, yeah. But really sad. So he just made everyone weep. Bless him. And then the vicar <laughs> went on and went, oh, that's lovely. Paul, Paul's been practicing there, hasn't he? Um, on James Acaster. I know, I just gone on and just had a horrific, just died horrifically. Tough gig. Yeah, really bad gig. And then I missed my train home. No. Uh, so it was in Gloucester. Missed my train home. So then I had to spend New Year's Eve in a KFC, like the actual kind of like saw in the New Year in a yeah, KFC. Yeah. Then go back to the church where I had a really bad gig and ask them if anyone could let me stay around their house. Forgiveness. Yeah, please, <laughs> please forgive me. <laughs> and they did. I stayed around one of their houses. I mean, my friend Jake was with me. We both stayed around this guy's house. Sure. And then in the morning, he was telling us how he was a doctor. And Jake said, I know you are, because I stayed in your office last night. And I found, I was going for your, your letter rack, which mm. isn't what you do when you stay at someone's no, house. Sure. And found a picture of a breast. Just one breast? Yep, just one breast. He decided that that was... Def- this guy's definitely a doctor. Quantifies being a doctor. Looked like a medical picture. Yep. And on the way home, I said to him, what was that? Why are you bringing that up to the guy? And he, and he's, he said, what? I said, it's really rude. Sure. And he went, well, I could have said tit. Could have said tit. That was the thing. That no, was how it wasn't breast rude. Breast is infinitely more polite. I said breast and I went through his letter rack. What more do you want? <laughs> I wasn't being, I was being very polite. But, uh, I, I saw Peter Pan. At, um, I saw Spike Star and Brian Blessed. Have you seen... Brian Blessed in any... I haven't, not, not in the flesh, no. Insane? Yeah, no, I'd love to. I remember he did um, the announcements of Waterloo a couple of years back. <laughs> did he? Yeah, just before Christmas, which was absolutely amazing. Wow. Yeah. Or just really yeah, classic fi- Blessed. Yeah, just a 15-minute slot, you know, just <laughs> announcing the train times and yeah, the multiple delays that you always get. Yeah. Dig. Um, yeah, amazing. And was, were people happier about it or more stressed? Because his voice could, could be quite... No, everyone's just, um, yeah, it just lifts you, doesn't it? Brian yeah. Blessed bellowing out that your next train's at Platform 4. So like every, every now and again you get a, a guy on the train doing announcements who's got a bit of a sense of humour. Yeah. And we'll do a little... I, I, I had a guy in the buffet carriage once do a poem right, okay. over, the, over the tannoy about how, you know, he's, uh, he's really lonely. Sure. <laughs> and he'd like people to come and buy food, keep him company. Just, yeah, just buy a sandwich. Which I think it's quite Please. nice. Very little rhymes with sandwich, though, so he was in trouble there. Ooh. I think he had to, uh, had to rhyme it with the fill-ins instead. Yeah, You've got to move yeah. on to... You do, on to... You've got sandwiches, cheese and ham, and then, and then the world's your oyster after Absolutely. you've said ham. Cucumber, ham, spam. 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 Not enough spam sandwiches There's on the There's not enough train. spam. No, 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 maybe we should bring those back. Level with you. Um, we're we're going to be playing your iPod uh, uh, pretty soon. No, not, uh, I'm going I'm to dive in first with mine, uh, uh, take the first bullet. Are you feeling uh, confident? Are you feeling... Uh, um, yeah, I've been sort of practising during the week. Sort yes. of every so often, just putting it on shuffle. Um, <laughs> just having so, a practice, see how you would feel. Yeah, just, just to get see used how, to the emotions. Yeah. No, absolutely. And it, I've been really lucky. It's, it's played some really good stuff. So no doubt today that's all going to go hideously wrong. Yes, I think you've really done. really embarrassed me. I think I've used up all the credits, yep. all the good luck credits. All the mojo's gone. No, absolutely. The law, law of averages that... It's, yeah. It's totally... Yeah, Any embarrassing stuff out. on there? Um, there's loads of embarrassing stuff on there. Um, just trying to think. Ho- and hopefully nothing too offensive. I think there's some sort of early hip-hop that might be quite offensive. But okay. not. Oh, we're allowed to swear and stuff on here. Oh, great. Okay. Just do whatever you like. Fantastic. Well, there's, there's definitely some NWA on there. Great. So that'll take it to that level. That'll um, be good. Yeah, so, yeah, quite possibly quite a few bits of embarrassing bits and pieces on there um, there's a few tracks you know, for my daughters as well so no doubt Frozen will come up at some point yeah I thought NWA was your daughter's no uh, yeah it is how yeah, old is she quite a big fan uh, three yeah yeah 
course, of course. I, uh, yeah, I mean, we was having breakfast the other day, and suddenly some popped on, so I had to quickly sort of run yeah, and just yeah, very quick. I've just come off. from a kids' gig, okay, uh, where the compare uh, was <laughs> good, good friend of mine. He was, he was doing well, and then he said to a kid in the front, "What's your name, mate?" And the kid went Linus. He went Linus. It's a fucking brilliant name. <laughs> and then didn't because he's Scottish. He didn't realise he'd swore. So he just carried on yeah. and, was, and he, he came off and he was like, I don't know what, I just lost him while I was talking about Linus kid. I was like, wow. you said fucking and, point, <laughs> and pointed at the kid as you said it, mate. Yeah, yeah, you did lose him. Fucking Re- ace. Really is. badly lost him. So, uh, okay, we're going to do the, the first track of the, the show, uh, delve into my iPod and we'll see if this, uh, hopefully, I always <clears> hope <throat> that this is an embarrassing one because it'll make the guests feel Let's go for a bit it. more yeah, at just, ease. Yeah, just make me feel better about it. <laughs> about Let's see what we got. Here we go. Oh my god. That was <laughs> Sunburned Hand of the Man. Um have you ever, Paul, bought an album just because you liked the cover? And then put it on your iPod and then it gets played in a radio show. Uh, that's what just happened to me. No, but that was a good example of it. It's a great example. It's got a music for serial killers. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I'd say so. I mean, I haven't got uh, a massive amount against that. Uh, song really but uh, <laughs> I mean it's the kind of song definitely that uh, when I started this show I was like well I hope that Sunburned Hand of the Man album doesn't pop up at any point because well, uh, yeah. that was mainly because I like the name really I, I, I like Sunburned Hand of the Man is a funny Sunburned Hand of the Man name for a band yeah, yeah. that's good that's very cool um, so yeah, yeah I'll get that and then uh, I remember getting it home and being like oh it's that but I just put everything on my iPod mm. Because I thought like at some point I might get into you it. You have to, you have to, yeah. Just be ruthless. Put everything on there, and yeah. <laughs> that was that, that album was from. I bought that on what at the time was one of the best days of my life. Okay. I went to me and my girlfriend at the time went to London. Right. We had a very short-lived relate. We had this really like short window of a relationship that was like both convinced we were fully in love with each other looking back what we were not Paul <laughs> right. but, uh, but at, at the time it was like this is uh, and, and we we lived in Northampton kind of thing so right. we, one day we were like let's just go to London yeah I just decided I mean just, I, I haven't really been to London before mm. and just the whole day just going sightseeing I remember just going to this record shop and being like I've got to buy an album to remember the day by sure, and it's sure. that wow <laughs> says it all really that is the album <laughs> that if I wanted to remember that day in my life, I'd have to listen to that. Which wow. was a, 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 so you've just opened all those wounds there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's come up and gone, no, that's why the relationship didn't work. That absolutely was an omen, that album. Insistence on playing that album over and over again. Yeah, just listen to just it all the way home. Kills it. All the way home, <laughs> listening to that album. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, I believe that album's seven tracks of that as well. I, I was just getting into it there, to be fair, though. It started, I, was, it, I was quite enjoying it, yeah. The there. rhythm started mm, kicking yeah, at the end there. It did. I was starting to feel it. Feel it. It kind of reminded me of Iggy Pop. Yeah. So. Yeah. Iggy Pop puts a bit more effort in, I'd say. Uh, it depends what day you get. Yeah, sometimes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, to be fair, I've given him a bit too much credit there. I, I saw him at the Isle of Wight a couple of years ago, um, and he was absolutely amazing, kind of staggered on, played this yeah. incredible set. And as he left the stage, like literally a minute later, he just ran back on, yeah. totally infused, and just screamed out, "Fuck you!" <laughs> and then just walked off. 
it was amazing. The whole audience just an absolute shock. It was like, where did that come from? Fuck yeah, well, fuck you. The fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Zig. One of the things I really love is people saying fuck you to, yeah. <laughs> to yeah. a group of people or anyone or just one person. Just really It's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Obviously really upset. Him. The Hives, for a while, just, just used to end their sets. They just play the last chord and then all give the audience the finger. Brilliant. At the same time, but we're just with complete straight faces. Yeah. So they were just like, like, like robots. They play the last chord and then just swear at everyone. Genuinely meant it. No, well. yeah. And that was the end <laughs> of the... They hate their audience. Do you ever feel like that with a... When you're acting, obviously, like, I say obviously as if I know what I'm even talking about. It's but like, there's fourth wall and stuff up a bit more. Like, with, with mm. comedians, if we're having a bad gig, we tend to make it even worse or better by stepping out of the gig and having a go at the audience sure. we can say what we like to it if someone's talking uh, in, in the audience we, we can just be like mate do you want to shut, your, shut just up just vent some spleen yeah you can be really rude to them and the customer's not always right and it's yeah. fine Yeah. and I've been to uh, a lot of plays where the people in the audience just doing the same behaviour that sure. I would hate at a comedy gig yeah. and that I almost can't carry on doing stand up when someone's doing it so I, I instantly go into them but you guys can't do that. You're, you're responsible for each other. I mean, yeah, you know. no, absolutely. Yeah, you just got to sort of grin and bear it and um, just carry on. Just yeah, you break out of character and the whole thing just kind of tumbles. So. Have you ever been tempted? Has there ever been like one where it's like you're on the verge? Um, yeah, a few times. Yeah, so other people sort of talking all the way through it. Yeah, because it's uh, oh, yeah, it's so distracting. But, yeah, um, yeah, you just got to try and block it out. Kevin Spacey did that thing once, didn't he? When he was he did, in yeah. character. Yeah, and somebody was using their mobile phone. That's it. So I think yeah. But then, but that's Kevin Spacey. You're, yeah, you're, you're spacey, like aren't you? Yeah, you can do it if you're spacey. Yeah, I reckon he's just been waiting for the opportunity to do that. Yeah, and everyone just goes, yeah, because I, I, yeah. I, I did a gig once at the Ivy. Okay. That the old Vic had put on. It was a fundraiser of the mm. old Vic, I think. Sure. Uh, then they, they, they probably do need it. I, don't, I was about to sarcastically say they need it, but I was like, I don't have a clue. No. Um, but Alistair Campbell was doing a talk beforehand, okay. and then the comedy, and Spacey's in the audience. Right bloody loving it uh, <laughs> obviously Spacey left before the stand-up started just left with Campbell off to get that's it I'm done my work here is done oh yeah but it was weird because there was a whistleblower on first giving a talk about whistleblowing okay so and it was like very serious and I'm kind of speaking out against the um, the the Blair government actually because that was when he was kind of chucked out sure and screwed over quite a bit yeah. and there's loads of lies spread about him in the media yeah. so it kind of went on and went the guy basically might as well have said the guy who's about to come on right. is a liar and I think he's a disgusting man right. and he ruined my life Jeez. yeah it was kind of like really like and then like Alistair Campbell went on and it was really amazing how um, a room full of it's mainly mainly actors, I think, but also just mm. people who went to the Ivy. Sure. So yeah, mainly people who work, you know, went to the Ivy anyway were the members, right. and just how quickly they just lapped up Alistair Campbell and forgot. Because I was I was sitting there going, well, if that's true, yeah, I hope you address it. Sure. And he kind of didn't. He just went on and told a load of stories about him and Spacey hanging out, right. and everyone was like love, loving it. It's quite fickle then. Yeah, but really just being like celebrities. Yeah, yeah. They all went to, he, he said about him and Spacey walking into a McDonald's in Ipswich. Right. And the guy behind the counter couldn't believe his eyes. And that was the end of the story. That was it. They didn't even tell you what they ordered. Not what they ordered, not, not what happened. Fish man? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I imagine Spacey and Campbell say fillet of fish. Fillet of fish. I know, Campbell fish. probably still says fillet. Fillet. Fillet of fish. Yeah. yeah. I think Campbell would still keep it as fillet. And Feels about right. Spacey would say fillet. Fillet. Yeah, LA fish. You can imagine if he was um, usual suspects, mm. that character would say fillet. That'd be amazing, fillet. And so would American Beauty, Kevin Spacey. 
trying to think of a Kevin Spacey character that wouldn't say fillet and that would say fillet. Fillet. Um, fillet. I've just been watching House of Cards. Just came back on, uh, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Addicted? Friday. Uh, yeah, first two seasons. Yeah. I really, really got into it. It is very good. But that, that would be fillet. Yeah, sure. that wouldn't be a fillet. He would say fillet. Oh, he'd be like, fillet. I like a fillet. A fillet. Yeah, like, <laughs> turn to the camera. <laughs> Naturally, normally I get a fillet, but on this occasion, and then you'd kill someone or something. Then, yeah, just to seriously kill someone. Screw over some. <laughs> I think that would be the episode where he's trying to topple Ronald McDonald's empire and take it over himself. Just him and the ham- him and the Hamburglar. We've just given away season three. Yeah, we? that's it. Sorry, everyone. Sorry. It's the McDonald's episode where he, <laughs> Kevin Spacey, takes over with the Hamburglar, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> all goes wrong. Um, let's, 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 let's sort of delve into your iPod. I think, I think yeah, with time now, it. I think yeah, I've only played one it. track. I'd say you've already won. All right, let's try it. So let's let's see let's see what right, happens. Here happen? we go. Track one. Here we go. Oh, hold on a second. Here we go. Every day I love you less and less. By the Kaiser Chiefs, um, which is, you know, uh, appropriately named song, because that's probably how their fans have felt about them ever <laughs> <laughs> <It's laughs> since they started. Album. Yeah, yeah. Their first album was massive. Mm. And then I think, isn't it like, actually, like, historically, their second album was the biggest drop off in terms of sales or something like that? Oh, really? Wow. I've read an article about it where, like, they sold so much that first one, and that second one was such a massive drop. Just absolutely bombed. Yeah, second it was album like, syndrome. Yeah. Wow. But huge. I, I think I think it's more of an issue now mm. because like bands get built up so much to be like the band, you know, the flavor yeah, of the month. Yeah, and I, I guess there's so much pressure on the second album as well, isn't it? It's, you know, if you sort of introduce the world with your first album, you probably had years to get it right. Yeah. Then suddenly you explode, and then it's you've got a tiny window to. Yeah. Bring out the second album and catch the sales, I guess. So, yeah. Yeah, I've often read that a lot of bands feel rushed when it yes. comes to that second album. They should not spend long on the first album. That's no, my opinion. No, absolutely. I have the second one you know, in reserve. Yeah, that first Get one. On with it. Just, just write the first one in, yeah. in a few months. Exactly. At that. Exactly. There's a lot of bands on that point. Magic Numbers, I remember. Yeah. Uh, that first album. And then, then the second one, they were like, <laughs> they did an interview with him and he went, yeah, it's crazy because, you know, I spent so long on that first one and this second one, I love it. And, you know, I just wrote it in the back of a bus. Brilliant. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll pay attention yeah. for that. But no one's buying it. I, I stole their rider, Magic Numbers. Did you? Yeah, I stole their rider at a gig. Loads of magic stars, Milky Way magic stars. Right. Stuff like that. It's because I was told not to, really strictly by uh, a bouncer. So I was like, well, I'm going to nick them. We just set the challenge, didn't they? Yeah, had a lot of chocolate, a lot of really nice... A lot of chocolate. Nice treats, the Magic Numbers. Did so. they? Do you remember when they... Um, they refused to play on top of the pops. No, because the, the, they were on, they were there all mm. ready to go, and some go, uh, whoever was in, in, introducing them made a joke about them all being fat. Really? Wow. Yeah. So something like That's pretty harsh. Yeah, you know, two fat ladies, eighty-eight or something, something like that. You know, th- 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 what was it? Richard Bacon. Richard Bacon. Amanda Bacon. says Richard Bacon. Ah. Richard Bacon. He, talks, he called them a big fat talent. There you go. Two Fat Ladies 88, which is my joke that I would do about the magic numbers. At much least it involves funnier. numbers. You exactly, know. much funnier. But, uh, yeah, uh, there you go. Richard Bacon, all often the centre of uh, controversy. He is, yeah. Just can't uh, help himself, can he? And then they just didn't play. They went, 
Forget I thought it. it was because somebody had nicked their chocolate. I thought it was, yeah. it was down to you again. Because <laughs> that was me stuffing my face like <laughs> Hansel and Gretel in the in backstage. So James Acaster there with yeah, just chocolate <laughs> around his chops. Yeah, loving it. They refused to go on because they're Milky Way magic stars and not where they left them. Um, I, love, I, love, I love a bit of bacon control. I, was, mm. I love bacon. He, he, he wound up Psychic Sally. Did you see that? I didn't. Psychic Sally. What, what are your views on mediums and psychics? Um, it's generally a lot of bollocks, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, it is. Maybe proved wrong, but uh, yeah, no, it's, um, yeah, I think you can make up any old crap, can't you? Yeah, especially if you research people beforehand. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, uh, yeah, because I, mean, I remember, remember my mum sort of went to a clairvoy in, in Australia years ago and mm. was sort of utterly convinced by it. Right. Um, but and, and I sort of had a chat, a chat to her, and it was like, you know, what, what happened in there? And just the amount of questions she was asked beforehand, and it was yeah. like, well, yeah, that kind of is your entire life. And, yeah. yeah, I could piece something together just off the back of that. So just very, yeah, clever. And I think you might have to be in a certain mind state to go to a clairvoyant and yeah. want to believe things, so they'll tell you any old crap. That's what's quite sad, is it? When you, you do meet, the only people I've known who have mm. been to those things have, you know, recently bereaved and things like that. Yeah, and and, and yeah. you just think, what kind of a... If, if the only people who like stand-up, Mm. But people who are recently bereaved, and I, I would feel bad about that, <laughs> even though I'm not even like exploiting them. If that was my whole audience, like they've all just lost someone, and you're sure. just going out to, you've been making money out of their misery. I'm like, oh, I kind of don't feel, you know, even if you're making them laugh and having a good time, but let alone making them believe that, um, yeah, someone's uh, exactly that someone's some got a message for them. Yeah, some sort of connection or yeah, some sort of good looks in store. I think a lot of people have said it, but it's because the, the message is never anything that. No one else could possibly know. Like no, they never, no. the message never. Uh, yeah, when I um, when I died before I died, I actually left uh, a uh, my real will in this location, and here's where it is. You know, somewhere really. It's never anything like that. Yeah. Here, here's all those 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 diamonds that I, you thought I gave back. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't give them back. They're in the pillowcase, and the, it's never that. It's always just no. like I love you. That's, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> just, I love you. Thanks for looking out for us. It's like love it's, you. It's like it's Sally was called up on uh, using an earpiece. People thought she was using an earpiece and getting information from people backstage. And she just claimed that the earpiece was not for that. It was for something. Or no, she wasn't wearing one or something like that. And that the guys talking backstage were just people who worked at the theatre talking too loud. Then she went on the Richard Bacon show to defend herself. And he obviously put her on the spot and tried to get her to tell him stuff about himself and it was all (laughs) pretty wrong. But also she was getting quite wound up, which was... That's a charlatan. He exposed her. Yeah. Well, you should be able to. She should be mm. able to go. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you yeah. straight away. So should have seen that question coming. Yeah. If yeah. you can do it. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a comic, and I don't like it when people say to me, "You're a comedian. Tell us a joke." Then, sure, I don't like that. Mm. But I could still do it under pressure if I had to prove I was a comedian. Sure. I'd still go. Well, here's one of my routines. Be funny. And if you don't think it's funny, <laughs> that's fine. But like, this is what I do. There it is. Rather than like, just go. No. Ah, I'm not going to prove it. Don't doubt me. No. Don't need to do that. She was a. Uh, one of my favourite psychic selling moments was when she was on the Devin Brown uh, which I love Devin Brown mm. and he did an episode about luck um, okay. where they basically sent a camera crew in, into a, a village to spread a rumour that this statue in the village was lucky it was, it was of a dog right, and okay. that if you patted the the dog. So they were basically a documentary crew going, oh, we're doing a documentary about the lucky dog in town. And everyone was like, oh, we don't know much about that. And they were, sure. oh, it's the dog in the, in the graveyard. And when you rub its head, you get luck. 
So they spread that. And so just by asking people sure. if they'd heard about the lucky yeah. dog, the rumor got going that there, it, the dog was lucky. Right, okay. And so eventually the documentary crew invited Psychic Sally to come and look at the dog and you know, evaluate if it was lucky. And you know, of course, she was struck. Sure. They're going, definitely, definitely, as someone really loved this dog, it is, it's got a lot of good luck feel, about this dog. Yeah, it's like, we made feel. it up, Sally. But she wow. still uh, signed off on it and let them broadcast Insisted it. Insisted on it, no? Let, fair enough. Let her be on there. Yeah. So yeah. I guess you can say... Say anything you want. It is lucky. It's just coincidence. You guys got... F- you guys fluked it. Yeah, you guys got lucky. You guys got lucky. Got luck- That's lucky. how lucky the dog is. Yeah. It's rubbed <laughs> off on you guys. You guys got lucky. Yeah. You unearthed this. I'm lucky. I've got some telly out of it. Everyone's lucky. <laughs> people get to watch a Darren Brown special. What a lucky bunch of people. She is very lucky, lucky old psychic lucky, lucky. Sally. Very lucky. <laughs> um... She would always uh, did, a, did a tour supporting someone once and she would always be there in the venue before. She was always the night before. Psychic Sally was always in this venue. Just to the point where we could predict that she would be there <laughs> before we got there. We're like, Psychic Sally would have been the, the act the night before and a peer psychic ourselves. So, so what was she doing in the venue? Well, she'll, uh, you know, theatre full of recently bereaved people and she'll right, go okay. on stage and go, I'm getting a D. D, From, uh, D, any D's out there? And then, you know, Carol Vorderman will <laughs> be behind her, choosing vowels and consonants or whatever. They should do that. A, a, a psychic, psychic countdown. They do, they do comedy countdown, don't they? They should just have psychics just going <laughs> just with, with, uh, with Rachel Riley there. And then the, uh, they're going, uh, I'm, getting a, I'm, getting a, I'm getting an F, Rachel. And an F. F. It's the next consonant. <laughs> and just predict all of them. And then go... And then tell Rachel that her family love her. <laughs> I'd like pay, pay to see that. That's That'd be good, wouldn't it? Yeah. They'd all know already. They go, don't even bother playing. I already know what. No, just just reach out. I already know what this is. Uh, <laughs> let, let's, see, let's see if I redeem myself now, uh, basically. Uh, here we go. Uh, next track from my iPod. Ugh. Desire. Uh, that's that's two films from soundtracks we've had already. Um, I think that's what I think. Every time we have have an actor in, it conjures up the. Yeah, that's Sally at, at work, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So it's <laughs> conjuring <laughs> up these um, <laughs> film soundtracks. Yeah, she knows what she's doing. She knows she exactly what she's exactly doing. What she's doing. She's tuned into us. Um, you, do you enjoy Drive? Um, I did. Yeah. Um, yeah. A gorgeous looking film. Um, and yeah, quite simple. I think that's that was mm. the trick of that. Simplicity what you, of it. Of, oh, also, I, I've realised that both soundtrack. <laughs> here's a here's a really geeky thing I'm going to say now. Uh, but both of the uh, Inside Lewin Davis and Drive both both star Oscar Isaac. So there you go. Ah, there's a connection. He's in both of them. If we can get another, I've not got any more songs that I think he appears in the films on my iPod. Right. Like, okay. um, we'll have to get him in next week. Who knows? Oscar Isaac can be yeah, the next yeah. guest. Yeah. Just talk to him. Yeah. It, it, don't see why not. Talk about Deus Ex Machina. Good film. If, I don't know if you've seen it. I haven't. No. Lots of debates about it about if okay. it's if it's feminist or not. Sure. Because uh, uh, I think I think the director claimed it was. Okay. How did you feel? I I went in not knowing any of that that there okay. was any debates about it whatsoever, uh, and I just thought it was a good film. Right. And uh, which is uh, my, my, one of my <laughs> one of the things I hate the most is when I've enjoyed something. And then someone suggests it might be misogynist, and I'm like, "Oh no, I'm I'm the worst." No, that's when I'm like, "Oh, fuck, falling for it." I'm such a uh, so like I was like, "Oh, is it?" I like <laughs> reading about it a lot because um, basically, I think one of the criticisms levelled at it mm. is that the so there's like two men, two women in the film, right? And that the women are 
you know, getting naked and stuff, sure. and the men are not. Right. Okay. Um, uh, and but then the women are robots that have been invented by a man who is a misogynist. Right. Okay. So, so I think he's, I think it's meant to be like he is a bad. Yeah. This is why it's not good. And this sure. is what if you if a misogynistic asshole guy makes a makes a robot who's going to make it a sexy lady that gets naked for him. Yeah. And this is why men aren't good, <laughs> you know. So, like, I, 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 I felt like, yeah, it's fine. But then, but then also, yeah, there's a lot of. I mean, I can't really say much more about giving away the plot. But there's some stuff like the the personality that the main female robot has. It's like, oh, this is how we're meant to see women, is it? Right. Okay. But again, it's a pro- personality that's been programmed into her by the misogynist. Sure. So again, so, it's working on that level. Yeah, yeah, it's and um, he doesn't come off good in it. Doesn't either. So, like, so it, it's it's a thing you kind of go, yeah, yeah. Don't. You know, interesting so, choice. But um, yeah, this has been. Lo- I think maybe the. I don't. I don't know what came first. If he said it was a feminist film mm-hmm. and then got called a misogynist, or right. he got called a misogynist and then started saying it was a feminist film. Okay. But either way, he's he's messed up by trying to claim it's a feminist film. Right. <laughs> Just trying to retaliate. It's yeah. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll take that and I'll use that against you. Yeah. 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 I think it's a feminist uh, film. Any, any, actually, especially, uh, I mean, you know, I don't want to sound like a, a misandrist, but any, 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 any man suddenly going, no, no, I'm, I'm totally just made a feminist film. I did it. Oh, mate, I don't know if you're the person to me <laughs> to be doing this right now. Anyway, but yeah, it's, it's a good film though. Hey, I'll check it out. Feminist or not, I loved it <laughs> all the way through. Who cares? It was a great film. Uh, yeah, I'd I, I recommend it anyway. <laughs> Um, you got a film coming out uh, th- th- this year as well. I, I, yeah. I think the, the iPod gods have prompted me to talk about it twice now. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, we just wrapped just before Christmas, um, but there may be a few extra bits and pieces sort of uh, filling later this month. Uh, Let's Be Evil, uh, which was a sci-fi thriller, uh, right. British production, um, sort of looking at argumented reality mm. and uh, the dangers, I guess, of too much information and too much knowledge. Okay, what, like um, online stuff and things like that, or? Um, well, um, yeah, just in terms of input of information. Um, again, I'm sort of trying to think not to give the plot away, but <laughs> um, in terms of if you try and create a super intelligent race and sort of focus, say, on children and sort of take them away out of their natural environments and literally just for 24 hours a day just feed them education, education, education. Yeah. And, yeah, just by human nature, there may be a breaking point in that. Where too right. much information um, sort of detracts you from the humanity. Yes. Of so people. is it called Let's Be Evil because... That um, I, I don't know if it's a working title. It may change. I like, I like, but, I like um, the title. Mm. I think it's an intriguing title. It made me want to watch that film. Okay, we'll keep it. I like it. Who, who do you play in it? Um, I play a security guard of this um, sort of secret compound, Freddy. Ah. So I'm the person that watches everyone else. Yes. So at a minute, I'm thinking like it's a more grown-up version of the Demon Headmaster. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's a good way of pitching it. Oh uh, yeah. If anyone, uh, I mean, there's another, there's another, you know, he hypnotised people and stuff like that. But we're back to Devon Brown territory. We again. are back to Darren Brown again. We are to actually, yeah. I mean, I was just sort of talking in between the chain. I saw Darren Brown live a couple of years back. Yeah. And it was a really interesting moment where he picked randomly picked four people out of the audience, mm. sat them down, and just by a few sort of questions would work out exactly what they did for a living. Right. Yes. And how they came to that point in their lives. 
and he stumbles on the third guy um, and just couldn't figure out anything about him. Mm. He was literally not, you know, sort of just having a bit of a meltdown on stage. You know, yeah. He kept asking these questions, kept getting wrong answers. And the guy um, basically sort of you know, had to help him out and said, look, I'm an accountant. Yeah. And then sort of Darren Brown just explained that when it comes to sort of numbers and accountants or people of that thinking, yeah. he gets a total block. Really? You just can't see beyond them, yeah. Which is really mm. interesting. This guy sort of just embarrassingly sort of shook his hand and sort of left the stage. Oh, gosh. But, yeah. See, so, I, I wonder with that sometimes with, um, I mean, you know, part of the wonder of Darren Brown is that, mm. you, you know, it's a different type of doing magic tricks and stuff yeah. like that. And, like, misdirection. And I sometimes wonder with that if... The mistakes, he keeps mistakes in his TV shows as well. Sure. He did that one when he was, he was going around paying with paper. Yeah. And just, you know, so handing people paper that was shaped like a £50 note or right. whatever. And just was playing paper and going, just take it, it's fine, it's fine. And buying, like, a diamond ring with it. Is yeah, something sure. Like that, all sorts. Sure. And then one of those ones was him going to a hot dog vendor trying to play, and the guy just going, like, what is this? Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah. And they kept it in the edit. Right. And I sometimes think that if the trick is not, Mm. Psychological, yeah, and he's not really guessing what these people do. There's not really he 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 really has found out the same way a psychic a psychic would when they're cheating and things like that. Yeah, unless, that unless, that getting the guy wrong mm. makes you think. Well, the others were definitely he was yeah. definitely doing it like that because he couldn't get that guy because it was a block. But everybody else, yeah. But then, but then, I I never want to know. But they, I, I, mean, want, but I, I it, never want I, to. Know. I guess it could be part of the prestige as well. It's like you know, if yeah. I get one wrong. Yeah, it almost kind of proves to the you know it almost makes the audience believe what I'm doing. It's yes. like you know I do have faults. Occasionally I get it wrong, and it kind of raises yeah. the stakes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it could actually be part of the act. Yeah, I think I think it's like oh that must be a yeah a proper thing. Yeah, um, yeah. but yeah, that's that's why yeah that, 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 that's why it's brilliant because all, all, all that t- telling people this is psychology or mm. so you're always looking. For that, so you're looking over there, and really, he's doing some sleight of hand magic, or he's doing some, you know. Yeah, but just a, a great showman, and I think that's, that's part of it, isn't it? You know, once you're there in the audience, he really kind of, yeah, just sort of takes over and sort of taps mm. into you, and yeah. Would, would you? He does his specials where mm. he kind of like, you know, will have like one person and this massive life changing event for them, put them in a zombie apocalypse or something like that. Would you ever want to be that guy? Um. Part of me is quite intrigued to say, yeah, I'd like yeah. to give that a go. And again, I guess that's to answer your own questions, whether it's real or not. Yes. If you can experience something yourself. Um, but just hopefully you can just come back again. Yeah. Maybe if he could do a thing like um, hypnotise you into believing that your character is a in Let's Be Evil is, a, is who you actually are. Yeah. And just creates that world as a real thing. Wow. So you're not, you're, not, you're not acting in it anymore. You're actually in that film and it's a reality. That would be pretty terrifying. But they, yeah, we might have found a new job for Darren Brown there. Yeah, the best acting coach out there. You know, Get that, some that's actors. A trick, you know, believe this is real, and you you try and see you know, the the world through that particular character character's eyes. Yes. So Darren Brown, yeah, that might be the best. But, but then, but then, what if then we can all be actors? Ah. That would screw me. That's what screwed you, is it? Because <laughs> then suddenly we can all just go, oh, it's someone to hypnotise me to think I'm genuinely a security guard. And Brilliant. Then, there we go. Then that's it. I've it's got easy. the job. I'm reacting to it all like it's real. Yeah. Absolutely easy. Anyone can do it then. Yes, that, that, so that, Darren that, Brown, hold that thought. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, do not make that special no, for the sake not, of a lot of people's well-being. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, <laughs> and careers. I, I, I found that I've not done much acting. Sure. But all the acting I have tried to do, I find the hardest thing is reacting to something like it's real, like I didn't know they were about to say it. Right, Or okay. anything like that. Like yeah. just, I, I look at them and just go, 
I was waiting to say my bit after this. Yeah. And I yeah. know exactly what they're going to say. No, absolutely. I go, well, I disagree. <laughs> I, I, I do that, but like, it, it's, uh, it's having to kind of react to it as if you didn't know. Yeah, I guess I mean, you, you kind of sort of learn it and then unlearn it. Um, okay. But the big trick of acting is, is listening and responding. So yeah. as long as you're listening, then hopefully authentically you should be able to respond to that. Yeah. But yeah, sort of learn listening. it and unlearn it. I suppose, yeah, that's part of the craft. Yeah. Try to make it convincing. Yeah, never listened to him, mate. That's my problem. Never listened to him. Never them. listened. Uh, so, <laughs> that, that track two from yours now. Right. Um, so I've had, I've had uh, a very avant-garde song <laughs> and then a song from a soundtrack. You've had a, a hit single uh, on yeah. yours so far. So, I mean, there's not much that can go wrong I here. I don't know. I mean, I'm preparing <laughs> myself for a full here. That. But, uh, but let's see. Here we go. Uh, Paul, Paul Cassatt's iPod, uh, track two. Let's see. Block party plans uh, from Silent Alarm. Paul, you, you're absolutely on a winning streak here. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling quite cocky. Yeah, um, I, I don't think anyone's had like just two very also from the same era. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You can sort of start to get an idea of my musical tastes, I guess. Yeah, I, I remember uh, those. Uh, there, was, there was a time when a lot of bands. I see when that first came around I didn't buy any of it sure because I was like oh, everyone's into this yeah, yeah. I, I, I was listening to Sunburned Hand of the Man well, uh, you know. <laughs> but I was like oh, I don't want to look, I buy that so I, I didn't listen to any of it and it's only recently like I think in January mm. I bought that album yeah, so, yeah. that block party I album. guess that's the beauty of music isn't it you can sort of go back and discover it at any time yeah and there's things that you're behind on there's some bands mm. that are too I think their back catalogue is so like block party. You yeah. can just go. I'll get that first album. Sure. I don't need anything else. Yeah, and it's fine. Yeah, there's some bands that are so intimidating. So their back catalogue is like where mm. like Radiohead. Yeah, no, absolutely. Are you got any bands like that that you're quite um, behind on? Or yeah, you mean to get round to? No, absolutely. I mean, funny enough, Radiohead. There's quite a few that I haven't. I, I need to sort of catch up on. Um, and yeah, some of the sort of classic acts, I guess, like Rolling Stones and things like that. It's just trying yeah. to get back to all those. Yeah, catalogues. I mean, it's just infinite, isn't it? Trying to hear, yeah, the Rolling Stones are definitely mm. a big one. Where like people, I just think I should know more Rolling yeah. Stones songs. Think, like, as long as you got forty licks, you're covered. Yeah, but then you'll hear an amazing album track, and it's like, shit. Well, the album was album. Yeah, that's you know? it. I got given forty licks for free. Right. I was doing an interview <laughs> on a radio station where they just had loads of free CDs. And have whatever you Take like that. from there. I was like, well, I have this. Oh, I'm finally going to get into the Rolling Stones now. Let's be sorted. Didn't just, just haven't listened to it listen to everything but that I, I, it's, it's too intimidating it's too much yeah yeah it's a real commitment if you yeah. really go with it you want someone who's going to take you by the hand and lead you through it my, my friend John uh, John Robbins uh, the other day I was like oh, I said to him, I'm finally trying to get into Zappa mm. so I, I've bought, I bought um Bought in, in it for the money, right? I thanked Zappa and the mothers. I've got that, John, and he was like, you "Shouldn't have started with that. No, don't start with that." And so he sent me a really long email, just being like, "Here's all the Zappa tracks. Here's all the Beef Heart tracks you right. need to do." Because I mean, they they hang, <coughs> hang over your head a lot. Yeah, Beef Heart. <laughs> <laughs> Beef Heart's one of those ones. Like, oh, I've got to. You've, yeah, you've got to go the whole whole hog. A comedian called Mark Marin does a really good routine about that. Just saying, right. oh, Beef Heart. He's like, "This is the year. I've got. I've got to finally get Beef Heart." You've got it's to decided. Do it. You've got it. It's on the bucket list. You've got to do it. But you don't realise <coughs> with beef heart that um, sorry I'm, I'm coughing now I, I just ate um, some um, uh, <laughs> what, what are these called Amanda these are crisp breads and I tell you what they are they are cracking in the old throat uh, it does look <laughs> particularly dry they're very dry maybe you can put a bit of apple on it or something 
fruits in yeah, the Yeah, the, the moistest of all the fruits. <laughs> Put the apple on there. Um, beef heart, you don't realise that it's actually like... Because uh, Trout Mask Replica... Mm. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> so do, yeah, yeah. Everyone told you Trap Master because one of the best albums ever. Oh, and yeah. you listen to it, and it's just uh, it's inaccessible. It's, it, <laughs> you can't get into it anywhere. <laughs> like, what? Where am I supposed to jump on board with this? Um, it just it just sounds like a man making fun of me. Mm. Uh, and then um, someone told me, yeah, why did you try and start on that album? That's an awful uh, first. So to, to just to start off. With, so I got me breathe into it. Got clear spot. Does that help? I'd recommend that to everyone. Okay. Buy Clear Spot by Beefheart or Safe as Milk. And then go, oh, yeah, just a normal band, a really good yeah, band. Right, okay. Just a really good band. Brilliant. I'm going to do that. So, um, Thank you. Yeah, I'd absolutely recommend That's the big discovery this year <laughs> that uh, I can actually listen to Captain Beefheart. And, uh, That's an achievement, man. Well done. And get it. Not, not just be there going, oh, I must, must be an idiot because I just don't understand. No, you, you <laughs> don't understand it. You, this. Get it. you get it now. Matt Groening likes it from The Simpsons. <laughs> so Does I he? Thought, yeah, yeah, I can see that actually. Yeah, he loves that album. Yeah, it's one of his favorite. I'm gonna albums. have to listen to it now. Yeah, thank you. You've introduced me to something new. No, thanks. Oh, no problem, that's mate. What it's all hey, about. that's hey, what it's all about. That's what I'm here for. Is there any, any band who you've got their whole back catalogue and you love them and, and you, you would also recommend them to people? Um, that be your ones. I mean, Ocean Colour Scene. I'm a big fan of. So ah. yeah, I've got the whole back catalogue. How many? So, so right. So I'm almost completely uh, an, an educator when it comes to Ocean Colour Scene. Mm. I'd, I'd know the the classics. Yeah. But how many albums have they had? Um, I, th- I think they're probably coming up to about 12 or so now. I think that's quite God, a are, still, are they still going? They're still going, yeah, yeah. And if you ever get a, cha- a chance to sort of catch uh, Simon and Oscar, uh, they sort of break away and just sort of do acoustic mm. stuff on their own. Absolutely amazing. Wow. The two of them. And um, so is it Mosley Shoals is their most famous one? Yeah, I guess that was the big one. But would you say as a proper fan, would you be like, don't bother with that? Uh, no, no, I'd, I'd go with that. I'd yeah. go with that. Yeah, I think my favourite album's probably North Atlantic Drift, which I don't think was commercially that right. did that well, but it's a really beautiful album. Is it is it kind of similar to that? The, the most famous one? Um, no, it just feels a lot more intimate. I think right. It's a, it's a much more intimate album, and I think that's what you get with those guys as well, which I really love. Um, whenever you do see them live, it is it, it's a real intimate experience. We yeah. saw them at the Half Moon a couple of years ago in Putney. Like, in Putney, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think that was probably one of the best gigs I've ever been to. It's a nice room as well. It's, it's yeah. a, for those who haven't been, it's like a quite a. It's not too big. It's like a. No. a the stage is like prob- probably a quarter of the room is the stage. Yeah, no, absolutely. A really beautiful, uh, intimate venue. And you go into the Half Moon and you're. Over- yeah, it's quite overwhelming in terms of the, the bands that have played there. Yeah. There's you know, literally, there'll be a photo of every band that played there. And it's anything from, again, the Rolling Stones, U2, I think Pink Floyd played in there a while back. Kate right. Bush, I believe, did her first ever gig wow. there. Um, so yeah, if you're on a sort of musical yeah. odyssey, definitely check out the Half Moon. It's lovely. Some some history to a, a club yeah. is always good as well. No, absolutely. Some story behind it. Yeah, and I think they almost went under a couple of years ago. There was a big petition to try and save it. Oh right. Because okay. um, yeah, there's barely any kind of live music venues in South London anymore. Yeah. Which is a real shame. There's so many that have yeah. been shut down and turned into gastro pubs. Or so thankfully, bloody, bloody Gordon Ramsay. Yeah, yeah. Bastard. <laughs> Heston Blumenthal <laughs> taking all the music away. Stealing our music. I imagine. Music killers. It's really interesting who, like, people from that era as well and what they're doing now. Yeah. So I think, like, I saw a poster the other day for the new Charlatans album. Okay. Just saying, best album they've ever done. You're going, the Charlatans are still alive? Yeah. Like, still like going. I didn't, didn't know the Charlatans are still going. The guy from the Blue Tones, mm. Matt Morris, I think it is. Yeah. Mark he, Morris. Mark Morris. Yeah, yeah. He toured with uh, Matt Berry for a wow. while, didn't he? And they they did a 
they did like a half comedy half music okay. kind of thing I think funny like, enough I saw Mark Morris at the Half Moon ah a little lovely. while back yeah he was doing his um, solo stuff Good, really good, good stuff. Yeah, and no, they're really good, actually. Yeah, I've really good. Really sort of really good. Beat. Quite fun. Yeah, Quite I fun. liked the blue tones. I thought the blue tones always had a bit more of a sense of humour to them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, I mean that that their hit single was brilliant. Mm. Whatever, whatever the whatever it was even called. What was it called? A slight return. Slight return. Yeah, that was amazing. Mm. And then I got Marblehead Johnson as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just silly. So the video of them all wearing fat suits and playing football. I think. Yeah, but that's that's quite nice, isn't it? Yeah, it's no, good. Uh oh, something just fell over in the next room. Um, Amanda's heater just fell over. I thought she'd uh, been attacked. Yeah. yeah, we heard it. It's pretty loud, mate. I, I thought you'd been bludgeoned. <laughs> we had to run in there, abandon our blue tones chat, and uh, save Amanda. Sally, yeah, yeah, we'd save you. Of course, Sally's we would. here. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we'd save you, mate. E- easily, easily come in there, and rescue you from whoever's whoever's causing trouble. Um, have you ever been in like a? Cause it, actually, it doesn't surprise me that you're into this kind of budget. You got the kind of image that would that, that be like you would probably yeah, be into like you know totally, rip pop or totally bored into it. Yeah. Um, were you ever in in a band yourself? Uh, I was funny enough, but it was really young. I think it was about eight, nine years old. Um, there was a few of us in primary school. Um, we had a band called The Ultimates. Great. And our first gig was at St Barnabas Church in Southfield, uh, which basically consisted of three of us with the Beatles complete in right. front of us and just picking tunes and playing to a little audience. Play loads of Beatles songs. Loads of Beatles songs, yeah. And Great. Then I think we had a sort of half-time break, had a game of football around the back with a tennis ball. Wearing fat suits? <laughs> no fat suits. No. Just our pants. Great. Um, <laughs> Great. Came back in and finished the gig, but we were well chuffed because our teacher turned up and apparently it was her birthday. Really? Yeah, yeah. Her husband was not pleased at all. Right, okay. Planned something really lovely. And it's like, <laughs> no, I've got to go and see the boys. They've got their first gig. Going to be playing Yellow Submarine. Yeah, yeah. Go Michelle. Go and watch them. Yeah. Oh, that's Great nice. Stuff. Are you, you, you're a guitar, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Uh, rhythm. Rhythm guitar. Rhythm guitar. Nice. Yeah. Uh, that was John. No. George. George, yeah. George was rhythm? Oh, George was lead, sorry. No, yeah. George was lead, yeah. John, yeah, yeah. John, John was rhythm. John was rhythm. My dad, always used to, my dad used to tell me that the most important job in the band was rhythm, rhythm Yeah, guitar. you kind of hold it together. You hold the whole thing together. It's usually because yeah. you're not good enough to play lead. <laughs> <laughs> he, said, he said, you don't hear them, the rhythm guitar. You don't hear them. But if you took them away, the song would oh, fall apart. Absolutely. Stumble. Yeah. 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 They're the, the glue that binds it all together. <laughs> always remember it. Uh, text in if you have any, uh, who the best rhythm guitarist of all time is. And well, that's, that's more my, my speed of, of texting mm. most people would I was like who is your favourite rhythm guitarist text or tweeting tweeting because I, I don't even know the text but at, unsung, at, at FUBAR unsung heroes at FUBAR radio music. yeah yeah whoever's the best rhythm <laughs> guitarist let us know uh, you know, jump over to my iPod now let's see who plays rhythm guitar on, on, uh, on, on this track here we go What a great sting that was at the end. The foobar yeah. sting lets you know what you're listening to. Simon, as if something's going wrong, and then a real real jolly voice saying foobar, foobar. at the end, just letting you know. Uh, Laura Veers there. From, uh, did you like that? Yeah, it was a really lovely track. Very nice, really isn't it? She's, she's very good. Um, that's called I Can See Your Tracks, that song. Uh, that, that's from her Day Trotter session. I, I think I've spoke about Day Trotter on this show before okay. uh, I can't talk about it enough though because I really recommend it sure. it's an online uh, a site where bands go in and do live sessions and you can just 
sign up for like a very small amount of money Excellent. and just uh, download as much as you like fantastic get loads and loads I'll, of stuff check that out so yeah she she did a a session on there. Uh, also, like it's like you were saying about mm. those um, Ocean Cassie may even be mm. on there doing the yeah. the, the two Some of them the acoustic stuff. Yeah, the two of them doing an acoustic stuff. Are you a fan of like when um, when bands do acoustic sessions and stuff like that? Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, because it, again, it, I think with the intimacy with acoustic as well, it sort of really brings the lyrics through. In yeah, terms of the songwriting, so you can get a real appreciation of the songwriting with the acoustic stuff. Yeah, which I guess you find in folk as well. Yes, you know, some of the most famous ones. Stuff, stuff, stuff like um, obviously Nirvana, mm. but also Oasis. Who yeah. I would see, I would assume you're a fan of just because of the other bands you like. But then you could very easily just hate Oasis because you like the proper stuff. No, not at all. No, no. no Oasis. I mean, they t- I took a while to get into Oasis. If I'm totally honest, um, so when they first came out, it was like, geez, these guys are just ripping off the Beatles. Yes, so badly. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, over time, sort of grew into them. Yeah. And yeah, enjoyed it for what it is. It had a real kind of attitude to him, which I thought was great at the time. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I, I remember when the papers were going real crazy. He was going, like, Liam goes out, spat on the fans, do mm. appalling. And you go, oh, you know, I don't. I don't really want all these musicians to just be nice, boring people. Yeah, it's that bit of rock and roll came back. And I think at the time there was so much pop music around, wasn't there? So there's yes. this craving for something with a bit of attitude, a bit of rock and roll. Yeah. And they really se- seemed to encapsulate that at the time. Yes. Which grew and, yeah, maybe grew into something yeah. more than it should have been. But hey. Well, know, I think it should not? do. I mean, these things have to get a bit, bit out of control. And yeah. I, you, can't, I, um, you get a bit bored just seeing everyone just like. <laughs> managed to just just keep in control of everything and just be be a nice band. Yeah, just be be unpredictable. Yeah, you know that's that's the excitement, isn't it? Be a totally bit of a live wire walking yeah. around. Just be yeah, again, sort of be yourselves, I guess. You know, and, and yeah, I suppose if you look at it, you know, the, when he's sort of fame and you know that much money at quite a young age, I think when you know Oasis first started, yeah, the, you're, you're going to go ape shit, aren't you? Yeah, <laughs> why not? You're going to go a bit bananas. <laughs> yeah, and like yeah, yeah. <laughs> but obviously I think that the other people like be like bonehead. Pretty boring. Mm. Bono didn't do anything. But a great rhythm guitarist. Great rhythm a guitarist. Rhythm Back guitarist. to the rhythm guitar. Yeah. <laughs> Bonehead, really good. They tried to. Uh, I think the record label tried to get them to get rid of him straight away. Oh really? I but thought he was. Um, I, I, I remember reading when once they split up. I think Noel was absolutely devastated that Bonehead had left because yeah. he was the glue to the band. Yeah, yeah. You but know, but the, 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 the label said, um, "Get rid of him. Get, really? get, get, get rid of the bold bloke." Is what they said. No. Given that Baldwin bloke, and they was like, I'm not giving him a bonehead. Yeah. <laughs> I'm giving him a bonehead. It's called Bonehead. Jeez. Also, I just love how the notes was always just like, that was what he was credited as. Yeah. <laughs> bonehead, rhythm guitar, rhythm guitar. Gw- Gwigsy bass. Bass. Gwigsy. Gwigsy. Gwigsy and Bonehead, and then Alan White on drums. Jeez. But that was from the second album onwards, yeah, obviously, and yeah. not the first album. Where, Absolutely. Uh, was it Tony McCarroll? It was, yeah, in the first album. Jeez, that must feel pretty good. Sort of leaving or being ousted yeah. from the band, but at least you got to do definitely maybe. Yeah, which yeah, it's still the flagship, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, you can go like, well, I was the drummer. I was, I was, on, the be- I was on the yeah. best one. Yeah, you're not like, all. was it Pete Best, the Beatles yeah, guy? Oh, you, you're not him, at least. It's it's interesting when you see interviews with Pete Best, and yeah, there's that little bit just behind the Oof. eyes where, yeah, I'm fine, you know. I, yeah, I, I enjoyed my own success, but yeah, come on. He's, he's the astronaut who stayed in while yeah. Buzz Aldrin and yeah, Neil exactly, Armstrong were exactly. walking on the moon. So I want to go out, it's cold out there. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's got to hurt. It has to. But hey, that's life. That's it? life. You've got to deal with it. 
No, I, I, I remember Oasis doing MTV Unplugged, and uh, Liam had got laryngitis or something. Right. So Noel sang it all, and I remember watching it thinking, well, I don't think they need Liam Gallagher. No, no. <laughs> I just got a bit like, I'm not sure what he brings to the band now. Noel's singing these perfectly well. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, it's something my wife's always maintained. Yeah. Better off without him. Well, he was quite. Also, he was just better at. I remember him doing, like, his bantering with the audience. Noel Gallagher's mm. really funny. Yeah, yeah. Like, proper funny. Yeah. And uh, doesn't take himself seriously at all, even though he does everything. Yeah, I, th- I suppose that's the trick, isn't it? Yeah. That's the trick. It's, yeah, you've got to be able to laugh at yourself. And yeah. See, see him talking about um, the cover of What's the Story in Morning Glory mm. and saying that you find the photographer up, and the guy's like, I've got this photo. Oh, I can't even describe it. I showed it to you. He's like, well, what is it? It's like, I, can't, I can't put it into words. I can't describe it. Right. He went, I went around and looked at it. Two blokes blurred. <laughs> That's what it says. <laughs> Two blokes blurred. That's all it is. He, he, he never thought it was good and still let it be the album cover. Sure. Love him. Brilliant. Love him. Yeah, <laughs> I saw him actually. He was on TV the other night talking about the new album. And um, apparently, he really hates the title of the new album. All right. Um, and wishes he could change it. But he literally was called um, by the record. We have some. Uh, I think it was one of the producers at the record label and said we need an album for the we need a title for the new album Yeah. so he's like right let me think on it and it's like well it's going to be released on iTunes pre-order so we've got about two hours so oh gosh apparently he just said you know the first thing that came into his head <laughs> I know he deeply regrets it of course you of course you would yeah I'd just go for self-titled yeah do that it's the just, just go that every time don't just make one up yeah album two there you go yeah yeah but it's his uh, new solo album uh, yeah yeah I think it comes oh. out tomorrow is it High Flying Birds, is that the name of the album or the band? That's the band, I believe. It's the band. Uh, yeah, I think it's Noel Gallagher and the High Flying Birds. Infinitely better than BDI, and I think everyone agrees with that. Yep, yep. There were no more. Are they no more yeah, now? I think they sort of folded, didn't they? Well, yeah, rightfully so. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Come on. It was pretty <laughs> appalling. I saw those live as well uh, at Somerset House. It was one of the summer gigs. Lovely. Uh, yeah, amazing yeah, venue, absolutely gorgeous, and it was a really nice summer as well. Um, but they kind of bombed. Yeah, the audience just didn't quite connect, and mm. there was no encore at the end, which is bizarre. So oh, they yeah, played their yeah. set, and then it was just silence. And yeah, five minutes later, they kind of reluctantly came back out as if yeah, you know, you, you do actually want the encore, don't you? The amount of which it, nobody did. If I haven't heard the song I mm. wanted to hear or my favourite song of my band, the mm. amount of encores I will try just to get and that. start off. Yeah, yeah, like. Because you get that. There's, I think there's nothing more disappointing than a band coming back to do the encore and then realizing they're not, they haven't played your favorite. And so trying to start another one again and be like, "Come on, everyone! Yeah, oh, I've, I've really on, got to hear that B side. We've got to hear it. We've got to hear it. Or they'll come back and cover someone else, and it's like, no. Yeah, I, I, went, I went to see um, uh, a band called Off Montreal, mm-hmm. a very good band. But their encore, they just started playing this song, which everyone in the audience knew was a 15-minute-long song. Right. So you go, well, this is the whole encore. So, like, about halfway through, people just started leaving. Nice just going, home. we're not going to get anything else. They're just going to play this song. Yeah. For, and, and they probably will last longer because it's live. Yeah, yeah. And they'll do, like, loads of loads of feedback on the guitars at the yeah. end. And it's massive. There's nothing... One of my friends saw a band once who did, like, loads of feedback at the end mm. of, the, of the gig. And he said it was amazing and it yeah. sounded incredible. Sure. Every time I've been there and they start doing that, I go, oh, God, I've got to stand through it. I've got to stand here yeah. through the feedback that you're doing, knowing that this is it, that, that what happens at the end of this is yeah. that the feedback stops. Exactly. You haven't got anything planned. It's not building up to anything. No. You're doing feedback for ages. I was going to stand here while you do that, and then at the end, we can clap and go. Yeah. And I think why I get annoyed is that as a comic, I know I couldn't get away with the equivalent of that. You should give it a try. 
just at the end of a gig just yeah. start like speaking nonsense just speak nonsense and yeah just put your mic in front of the amp and just, just like it. just say things that are just people don't want to hear yeah and ha- see if they will stand there and take it for 20 minutes before clapping at the end of it yeah and then running back on and saying fuck you yeah 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 yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i would like to do that do it, do it. i should do a, a comedy gig that is basically called things that musicians get away with but comedians can't and then don't even don't even flesh that out don't even say to them this is what i'm doing just go on and do that for an hour yeah and then go there you go that's the uh i just faded out one of the jokes you've you've got to take that with you now yeah you've got to do it probably should do it you probably should do i should do it as uh yeah i think that's actually quite a good idea yeah i'm I'm with you on that i think uh, (laughs) quite quite nice to do that um yeah, okay. Well, that, that's, that's my next show. If people want to come see Sorted, that. Sorted, stamped. <laughs> we'll do that. Uh, let's have another track from your iPod, Paul. Go um, on. You've had two uh, two absolute safe bets so okay. far, so I think you're fine right. either way. Uh, but let's, let's, let's see what happens. Here we go. Next track from Paul's iPod. Tonight. Aw. lovely. Little old Paloma Faith. So, uh, nice song. I've, I've never really bothered listening to it, but I, I, I would describe your iPod so far as people who would headline Latitude. <laughs> that's yeah, that, that's possibly. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good advert. It was my wife that sort of got me into Plum uh, Faith. Yeah, um, yeah. Just one of those really unique artists. Who's, yeah, yeah. Amazing. She's lovely. I've never really seen much. I, I've. Uh, I think I last saw anything by on, on the, she was on the Hooter Nanny. Okay. And I, I had the best New Year's I think I've ever had. Like sure. last year, when I, I just stayed in with my girlfriend, yeah, watched the yeah. Hoot and Annie, and ate ice cream. Wow, that's all we did. Yeah, yeah, and it was brilliant. That's kind of what we do each year now, especially with the kids. Is yeah, just get a really good selection of food. Yeah, a bottle of champers and, and yeah, the Hoot and Annie. There's something about Perfect. that. There's something about like I think you get to a certain, not even a certain age, just a certain point in life where you realise that is way better. Mm. Like I, I went past a, a nightclub recently on the way home. And it was really cold night, sure. and it was a really massive queue for this nightclub. Mm. It was like you know, it was going round the block, but there was also like rows of four. Yeah, and I looked at them and I thought, "Thank God I'm not going in there." Yeah, no. And I felt so glad. I was like, "I want to go home and watch Netflix and drink a herbal tea." Yeah, just do your own thing. You know, that made me feel very happy. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that's the thing is, you spend a fortune on tickets, then you get in, and it's overcrowded. You can't hear yourself. Yeah. Can't speak to your mates, and then you're queuing ages for a drink. And also, as soon as you, I mean, I find as soon as you are in a relationship, you realise the only reason you were putting yourself through that hell was to try and find someone exactly. who would kiss you. Exactly. It's <laughs> just the, <laughs> most, just the most sad, <laughs> sad obstacle course you try to get through just to go. And then, you know, when, when you do eventually meet someone, it's uh, in a much more civilised environment. Oh, yeah. or, or it's not, and it was worth it. You know, well done to all those people who did meet their partners in those situations. You've. Uh, a frantic last couple of minutes for it strikes midnight. Yeah, but um, oh, for actual new yeah New Year's staying in and just eating ice cream, eating Ben and Jerry's. I I love Ben and Jerry's too much, Paul. Too much, too much. In that I once ate a whole tub of Ben and Jerry's while looking at the Ben and Jerry's website to see what other flavors of Ben and Jerry's <laughs> they had in America. That's how much I love them. So uh, I've, I've already spoke about that on the show once. What's next? All right, I get to the bottom of this. But, uh, but me, love it. I've got, got, got half a tub of cookie dough in, uh, in, my, in my fridge at home, and I'm going to eat it all this evening. Brilliant. I've decided that already. But uh, So are there different flavors in America? Yeah, what we get here? Oh, big time, man. They've, they've got so much stuff. They've got, they've got <laughs> everything, everything you can imagine. 
Wow. It's, uh, it's over there in America. They got like, you know, uh, red, red velvet cake uh, ice cream. And they got midnight snack ice cream, which has got like uh, nuts and caramel oh. and all sorts in it. Just like, uh, I think like bits of caramel that are covered in chocolate and then put into the ice cream. Genius. <laughs> There's so many things that are great. Oh, this is too much. Stuff. You, you, you go to one little fridge in, it, in any... You know, any news agents or oh, call them that over there but like in America convenience oh, stores convenience stores the fridges are just full of things that we can't get you feel like you're in Willy Wonka's chocolate factory yeah. mate it's like Schnapple as well <laughs> Schnapple, Schnapple yeah. Like, yeah, just millions yeah. of flavours of Schnapple I had a very awkward moment with a Schnapple okay when I um, <laughs> oh let's go into this story yeah. um, I was on a date with a girl but not a date it was um but it's in the daytime, and we went to a cafe, and I just, wanted, for some reason, just chose to have a Snapple. Right. And there's always facts. You, 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 mm. uh, you undo, undo the lid, and on the inside of the lid, there's a fact, like, like a penguin, obviously yeah. there's a joke in it. There's a fact, there's always like a bit of trivia, and the one that I got said, uh, we spend over three years of our life kissing, or something like that. Nice. And she said, what does that say? What, does yeah. it, what, what fact have yeah, you got? Yeah. And it's weird, because like, now I am an adult, I would, but I was too young sure. and too awkward. So I almost thought in my head, if I tell her what this says, yeah. it's going to sound like I'm hitting on her, which isn't bad in a date, actually. Yeah, yeah. I think, a perfect lead I think on. In a date, it's perfectly fine to go, yeah. I'll tell you what it says. It says this, and then we can have a... You know, it was absolutely fell into my lap. Mm. It was perfect. Yeah. But instead, I was like, I just went, no, oh, nothing. And she, <laughs> and she was like, well, what do you mean, nothing? I was like, no, it doesn't say anything. And she was like, are you not telling me what your Snapple says? You've got a dud. I was like, yeah, it's not, it's not important. It's not, it's not, I, I don't have to read it. And she was like, I really want to know now. I was like, oh, no. So for ages, I've heard going, is this a secret between oh. you and the Snapple? And so <laughs> I ended up making up. Well, I didn't make it up. I, I, I knew a fact, a bit of trivia that I'd learned in a pub quiz. Right. So I just said that. So I just went, oh, it says um, armadillos are the only other animals besides humans that could get leprosy. And she was like... That kind of Why? kills the romance stone dead, doesn't it? Yeah, as if that would make the date better. <laughs> She's like, "Why didn't you want to tell me that?" I was like, "Just you know." Oh man, just didn't want to. The stars aligned at that moment. Yeah, yeah and I absolutely blew it. Absolutely ruined it. And she was American, so she would have been like, back in our country, we share the Snapple facts. This oh. is a, you know, I could have if I'd been with her, if I'd been up to a whole world of Ben and Jerry's flavors. Wow, about access to all that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely ruined oh, it. Oh mate, absolutely ruined I it. I feel for you. Ah, really I really feel man. My current girlfriend's from, from, from New Zealand, uh, and uh, that's way better. Yeah, well, this is it. Everything happens for a reason. The food over there, mate. I can't wait to go. I'm going over there in a couple of weeks, and there's a sandwich that is my favourite food in the world. I can't wait. It's a beef brisket sandwich from this one place, and there's something about it. It's got red cabbage coleslaw in mm-hmm. it. Ah, oh, do you know what? I could talk about food forever. Uh, I'm getting hungry now. Talk about food for the rest of my life. One of the best things to talk about, in my opinion. What was the best meal out you've ever had? Best place you've ever gone to eat? Because uh, I want to go there tonight. As soon as you say it, I'm now so hungry. Place. You just name a place. Um, there's, got, there's an amazing little French restaurant uh, in Wandsworth, which I hope is still there, called Auberge, uh, which is run mm. by a couple. And they're incredible. Food's amazing. What kind um, of food is it? It's French, French cuisine. Right. Um, but they're absolutely amazing. Um, and we'll come down and sit with you and kind of eat with you. And yeah. It's just really lovely, yeah. I don't know if that's more of a French thing. I, I, I did dinner in France once when I was a mm. kid, went on holiday there. And the people there, I think there was us, my, so my family and like another table. That was mm. the whole restaurant. But it was a really yeah. small yeah. restaurant anyway. 
and they, it was a set menu so sure. we, they kept on bringing out courses but sitting with us and yeah. chatting with us yeah. and there was a dog no absolutely <laughs> there's always a dog there's always a dog this dog with like dreadlocks <laughs> that uh, was walking around and she told us <coughs> this lady told us an amazing story about how because there was this little uh, you, you cooked your own steak hmm. On, on those little hot plates. Right. But back then, not many places had these things. And so also, it's quite like, novel. Yeah, it's quite, quite a unique. And, and this, this little, uh, little place was one of the only places that had them. She told us a story about how um, Princess Diana uh, loved it so much that she wanted it. Or no, it's Princess Anne mm. wanted it in the palace. One of these hot plates. The dog. The dog is uh, now uh, the king. Um, no, uh, and. Uh, they wanted, wanted the hot plates. Right. So one of the hot plates. So um, this lady was flown to Buckingham Palace with a hot plate to give wow. to Princess Anne and picked up at the air- airport in a limousine and driven there. And it was a very convincing story, but then we, we went from that holiday to like another holiday home to stay with some friends. And my yeah. dad told them this amazing story and they said, you've clearly been lied to. There's a flaw. What a gullible idiot you are. And he was like, no, no, no. You, you had to hear her tell it. It was real. Yeah. And they were like, why would she want that? And so now to this day, I'm like, why, why, why would Princess Anne want a hot plate and fly someone over from the Alps <laughs> with wow. a hot plate? Yeah. Well, again, it's the novelty, isn't it? It's like, the novelty. Oh, but but, it. but then you think, surely, well, obviously in this day and age, you could just get a hot plate from anywhere. But like back then, I think it was like... Back then. It was it, a bit of a, oh, this person's ooh, got a hot plate. have got one of those, haven't you? What do you get the person that has everything? <laughs> Yeah, you know, get them a hot plate. Hot mate. plate, we don't have one of those at the palace. <laughs> to get the first who has everything. <laughs> Turns out the answer's a hot plate. We've hot just plate. Uh, answered that <laughs> and answered that question from history. <laughs> when do you get the person who has everything? A hot plate. A hot plate. And uh, maybe a dog. Maybe a dog. Company. Uh, right, my iPod now. Let's see, uh, <laughs> let's see what it throws up. It's uh, thinking about hot plates still, so you know, there you go. Mental Revenge by Tijuana Hercules. Uh, proudly from my iPod, I love that song. Love the album. That, that album's called. It's called Tijuana Hercules as well. Um, probably one of the best band names ever. Yeah, no, I'd go with that. I'd go with that. Very good name. Yeah. And that's another. That is another album that I bought just because of the cover. But what stand a by it. The yeah. cover is a uh, cartoon animals carrying their own heads. Nice. Uh, walking around carrying their own heads. I like that. I got that from a marketplace. I, I remember the Camden market used to be really good for records, didn't it? Right. Used to get all the um, sort of bootleg stuff as well. Oh, right. Yeah, you, you big bootleg? You, 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 used to be when I was a kid. Um, I, I remember the, the most precious one I had was a tape of an artist called Camille. Yes. Who was actually Prince. Oh, really? Pseudonyms, yeah. Oh. It's really rare. That is pretty cool. Cause mm. Prince has got like vaults of music that yeah. he's never going to release. Yeah, he? absolutely. Is a and again, insane. that's another yeah, artist we were talking about earlier about sort of keeping up with the records. The amount he's <laughs> released over the last couple of years is, yeah. is crazy. Oh, it? it's ridiculous. He, he, he uh, well, favorite thing Dave Chappelle did a character that was mm. Prince in his okay. sketch show. So Prince just used that character on the front cover of an album. Fantastic. And uh, Dave Chappelle said, uh, "It's just like a ninja move. It's like you can't. It's like what can I do? I can't sue him." <laughs> For using my image without my permission, because I'm dressed as him, <laughs> doing a character of him, so he's got me. But uh, sweet. But yeah, that that band, uh, that that song that we just played then has one of my favourite opening lines of a song. So uh, I hope that you, I hope that the man that you found yourself with gets drunk and loses his job. <laughs> Such a horrible <laughs> thing to say. But honest, honest. Yeah, I, I like it. I, I really. 
It's like Iggy Pop shout, running on and shouting, mm. fuck you. Yeah. I really like musicians being mean and horrible pieces, just like irredeemable people. Yeah. I like that better. Just being human. I like it better. <laughs> I like the fact that this guy is clearly just a bitter man. Yeah, he's <laughs> generally quite ex-wife. pissed off, so I'm going to tell you how I feel. <laughs> it just says that kind of stuff. I think at one point he says he hopes a train runs over her, her new fella as well. Jesus. And all this. <laughs> and that is, it's all about revenge and being bitter. Um, Team One of Hercules. Uh, they're, they're a great there. track, though. A great track. Great right? track. I've got to say, your iTunes playing some Belton tunes today. I'm, Thanks, I'm, man. Your iPod, sorry. Hey, likewise. Really let's, 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 let's throw that compliment <laughs> right back at you because uh, we're, we're having a good old time. Uh, the, the, the percussionist in that band is playing Tin Cans. So he's playing tin cans with uh, with drumsticks. Back to basics. So he's got them all Just like stomped up, like stomp if they, you know, there weren't annoying. Particular cans that give off a certain sound. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. You, you just you just uh, you get get a big like if you got a big like can that's for like uh, like uh, if you worked in a kitchen. Mm. So you, you know, a huge load of pineapple sure. rings, you know. <laughs> That would give a bassier sound to yeah. like a, a little can of soup that exactly. you would have at home for your big general olive oil consumption. Tins. Oh, those big Unique olive oil ones. And, yeah, I mean that's when you're talking. And you choose whether you empty it or not. Obviously, if you keep the, the olive oil in there, it's a different sound. It depends. Yeah, it depends the sound you might go after. Me that and my friend track. Jake used to do a lot of that. J- Jake uh, played, taught himself guitar, mm. so which means he can't play guitar. Uh, but like he, he like yeah, he, he just, just just one one finger chords. So just, right, just, okay. he, he, but he also invented his own tuning. Brilliant. That meant that, it. Custom- that he could just he, could, he didn't need to do proper chords. He could yeah. just do that. And I would go around, and we would just get all of his mum's saucepans and stuff, and I'd play drums on those. And uh, I visited the other day, and she said there's still dents in a lot of them, and she always <laughs> curses my name whenever she's making anything. So dented all of her pots and pans. I know a wok. Oh, that wok sounded sweet. That, yeah, it's <laughs> like a hi hat. Let me tell you, mate. If you if you are if you are joining Stump, get a wok. Get a wok. Uh, and you know obviously there's loads of puns about rock and roll and stuff you can do with a wok but you know well, I'm, I'm better than that but uh, but Stomp wouldn't be Stomp would be able to <laughs> Stomp would say wok and wall uh, oh, do you remember the tap dogs <laughs> did you see that I didn't very similar know. to Stomp okay they were like tap dancing a tap Dogs. dancing version of Stomp so they, they, they like had and what they did they appeared on loads of different programs for a while and they also always did this routine mm. where there was these pads on the floor that each made you could you know you could stamp on them sure. and they would make a different noise so there was, but it was all different parts of the drum kit so there's bass yeah. they never had a snare and there's hi-hat cymbal a tom and then there was one that just went whoop like that whoop. So, like, obviously whoever was on that was a comedy <laughs> one. And, uh, and they would all, the tap dogs would be kind of, there'd be one of them, one of the tap dogs, would, <laughs> he had tap dancing shoes on, he would come out with a basketball. And so he'd do a little bit of a tap dance with a basketball, while, while bouncing the basketball, so it's all, all in rhythm together. And then he would fake losing control of the basketball, and it would hit one of the pads and make a boom sound, and he'd be like, as if he didn't know it was yeah, there. Sure. So he'd go, what, what's, what's, what's that? that? Yeah. And he'd do a bit of a thing. And then you started doing a tap dancing. So it was like clickety clack for ages and then putting in bass drum notes occasionally. And another tap dog would come on and see he was doing that and then discover the next one was a snare. And then so they'd build it up one by right. one. So it was like a drum beat with that. And that was on Blue Peter. Jeez, <laughs> that was I on all sorts. They were always doing that. And we, we went to see them at the Dern Gate. And that is the best part of the show. <laughs> the part <laughs> that you saw on TV was infinitely the best part. Well, that was it. 
Yeah. The crescendo. So everything else was just tap dance. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Hanging from climbing frames and tap dancing, but still tap dance. And that one was like, oh, that's proper brilliant. And that was a four hour show. <laughs> yeah. yeah this, is, this is the four hours of your life. And this, and this is before Twitter. So, you know. <laughs> you couldn't even warn anyone. Yeah, I had no escape. It's <laughs> like, everyone was going to be heading, heading headlong into tap dogs, not knowing what they're letting themselves in for. <laughs> the terror. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, Stomp. I mean, Stomp, I think vary it they, they, mm. they throw in different things every now and again but you still are watching people doing stuff that if you saw them I'm going to say this <laughs> if you saw them doing it on a drum kit you wouldn't be impressed because they're doing it on a bin yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like whoa I can't believe it it's like well, yeah, the bin makes noise when you hit it as well <laughs> it just doesn't sound as good as the drum <laughs> there you go I mean you know, what, what, what can you do if you, it's just done very well so who am really I? well isn't it a global phenomenon if only we knew that when we were kids. We could start just, yeah. Oh, missed like, a trick there. <laughs> I mean, <there's, laughs> Stay with the coronder. Come on. Yeah. And again, there's no acting version of that. You can't no. do... I, I don't know. Sometimes actors do stuff where, like, um, the interactive stuff, where you're just in the streets. That's very stripped down, isn't it? And, and, mm. and you, you do the thing where... Like one of my friends who's an actor, she did that. And you're walking around yeah. and, and an actor runs up to you and goes, Oh, it's you. You've got to come with me. And then you go oh, on an adventure yeah. with someone. Yeah. And you meet different people. That's, yeah, that'd be quite bonkers. Would you ever want to do something like that? Where, no. where, where the, what, what, what would... Because uh, that's completely fall out of the window, isn't that it? It is. That's, that's totally buggered. It's just, yeah, anytime you sort of... I've done a few sort of short films over the years. Um, and it's always a great idea. Let's go and film, like, in Oxford Street or something. And we can just yeah. incorporate the public. Yes. It gets quite dangerous, Right. Um, there was a music video I did a few years back, and I was playing a homeless character that was trying mm. to raise money by giving out free hugs. Right. And they were like, "Yeah, just go and you know, just go out to that group there and try and give them a hug." Yeah. And yeah, people just want to kill you. Beat <laughs> <laughs> <Just like laughs> you up immediately. This. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that's happened Gosh. a few times. So yeah. What was the video? I can't actually remember now. It was years ago. Oh. Sorry. I wanted to YouTube it. Everyone, everyone could have seen you getting beaten up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the whole music video. Yeah, jeez, I can't remember that. Let's play it's a track and we'll see if you can remember it during the song, jog maybe. my memory. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, uh, so this is Paul's iPod ben, again? Uh, ben? Yeah, right, whatever. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's, uh, here we go. Let's see what the next song is. Oh, Steve Appleton there. <laughs> I am. Um, uh, yeah, I tell you what, that was Steve Appleton. And during that song, I was eating an apple. So there you go, listeners. Speaking. <laughs> there you go. Take that home with you. That's not. Uh, I don't. I don't do that all the time. If there's a, a a food item mentioned in the song, I don't then eat it. But uh, that's uh, <laughs> that's what I did for Steve Appleton. Didn't even do it deliberately. Um, we talked about Devin Brown earlier and psychological mind tricks. I mm. think that definitely, yeah, I was like, suddenly I want an apple. I'm not sure why. Steve Appleton's playing. Uh, we're both saying to each other, pretty cheesy, old Steve Appleton. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was Never trying heard to actually, of him. No, nor have I. Um, so I don't know why he's actually on my iPod. Um, I think it's just one of those random things, isn't it? Yeah. Sometimes it was pop up. And you, I don't remember putting that on there. No, no. I don't know why it's on there. Unless that was Apple. You know, sometimes they just upload albums. Like now, now we U2. think it's Apple. I think it's Apple. I think we're going back to Apple. I think that might have been Apple. Oh, I was just, you know that much. they uploaded the last U2 album to oh. everybody's devices? Oh, yes, I remember so that. I, I, I reckon it was that. They did that as well. I reckon you can just blame them for anything. Well. Anything on your iPod that you're slightly <laughs> ashamed of. Apple is, put that um, on there. I don't, I don't remember dancing to that every day. Whilst I was uh, sleeping. No, I, don't, I don't always. I don't, I don't absolutely love that song. Um, yeah. <laughs> 
No, fair enough, mate. Fair enough. <laughs> See, it's Steve Upton. Uh, I, I was I was really enjoying it before he started singing. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the bit of music. I, 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 hope the not, I hope he's not listening to this as a fan. Sorry, Steve. Oh, Steve. But uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, this music sounds pretty interesting. And it's like, oh, no, that's, that guy just sounds yeah. like he's... The, the opposite of Tijuana Hercules. Yeah, absolutely. Going, what, Tijuana Hercules, what a horrible man. <laughs> and then Steve Upton goes, oh, take him home to meet my parents. I mean, I don't really... <laughs> I'm not really bothered. It was going so well till he opened his mouth. Yeah, been too nice. <laughs> too much of a nice guy. That's the hard thing. It's like I, I like vocalists who it's not completely perfect, mm. or I guess this have to sound quite unique, don't they? Yeah. As, as, as be something that's like generic. Them. Yeah, yeah. You, you, want, you want something that like? Uh, do, you, do you know Neutral Milk Hotel? Do you know? No, no. They're they're brilliant. So um, in the airplane over the sea is yeah. probably one of the best albums. I'm going to have to write ever, all these down, James. Ever. I'm saying ever. Um, but he is, like, technically not a brilliant singer. Right. But he absolutely belts it, and it works sure. really well. So all the mistakes and stuff yeah. make it even better. You can feel it. It's, it's human. Uh, yeah, it's mm. such a good album. It's, sure. And that, that's an album all about uh, his uh, recurring dreams about Anne Frank. He had loads of nightmares about okay. Anne Frank. Uh, and so the album's kind of all about wow. this, this obsession he got with Anne Frank eventually. Um, and it went really the, the album was like a big <laughs> underground smash and then he became a recluse and I'm a big fan of anyone who becomes a recluse yeah yeah that's just that big statement of the world isn't it yeah didn't, didn't want to do this so I'm going to bugger off now yeah I like it just shut the door yeah and that's it now you've, you've, Bill, that's uh, it. Bill Watson who did Calvin and Hobbs yeah just went no, I'm just no gonna, that's it I'm just going to raise now. my kids yeah forget it that's lovely yeah that's yeah that's what it's all about I guess really good yeah. uh, he's, if people can find it but Bill, Bill Watson did a if you, if you don't know the Calvin and Hobbes mm. comics, I'd recommend uh, reading them anyway. But he did this really good um, comic strip about those kind of about people looking down their nose at people sure. who decide to start a family instead of pursuing yeah. their own career. Yeah, yeah. And it's a really lovely, uh, especially like you know when you work in the industries like we do, where you get a lot of people who have just been mm. like you know. Oh, what kind of bore in square? No, <laughs> I just want all. to settle down. No, and, and, and then and then you read a, read that comic strip. It's really nice. Yeah, really no, nice. I will do. I will do. Yeah, I mean that's the important thing, isn't it? To live your own life. Yeah. While you're pursuing things, you know. Yeah. So it's Try. too easy to put them on. You know, push them to one side or think, yeah, that's a distraction. Of course, it's not. It's your life. Yeah. Can you possibly be distracted? Yeah, it's, it's nice. It's nice when, but it's also certain people who's nailed doing both things, and everyone's super jealous of them. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "How have they done that? They got their <laughs> wife and kids are really happy, and they've done everything. Everything they touch turns to gold. All their all their, all their films are great." It's because we play saucepans at home. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what it is, isn't it? <laughs> We're playing saucepans, so uh, <laughs> wasted our time on that. Um, I'll tell you what, that apple was nice, and then I've had to put it down, and I'm just watching it slowly browning. And it's really uh, it's winking at you. Really hurting, really hurting. Just watch it because I, I, I hate I hate a brown apple. I, I, I will not eat. What's the Fletcher's term? Brown. It's Forget decomposing it, in front of you. Yeah, I just won't do it. So now it's just kind of slowly just going. Unlucky Sadly, mate. But you wish away. Steve Appleton wrote ten minute <laughs> epics. <laughs> Jesus. Not so lucky. No, thank God. <laughs> yeah, imagine that Steve Appleton's concept album. It's a seemingly album. Uh, have you ever been a fan of concept albums? Are you ever? Um, yeah, but you've got to be in the right mood or under the right influence. For them, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think uh, I mean, they're very big during prog. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, some get away. Yeah, you know, sort of Pink Floyd, I guess. But um, who was it? We saw the Moody Blues yep. a couple of years back. Got some free gigs at the Albert Hall, and yeah, that was pretty awful. 
Really? Sort of left. Yeah, it's the only gig I think I've ever left at half time. It was wow. really bad, yeah. My mum loves the Moody Blues. It's a break her heart. Yeah, no, they were just quite lecherous. They had a couple of young backing singers. They yeah. were kind of just lecherous about. Wow. It was, it was Spinal Tap happening just right. before yeah, yeah, the yeah. guys, which was, yeah. I think that sounds awful. great. <laughs> but like, yeah, yeah. I'll just stay for that whole thing. Bring on, bring on the tap dogs as an encore. <laughs> Moody Blues do the tap dogs. I'd love it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there's not many concerts. Uh, the most recent concert album I got was um, uh, Transgender Dysphoria Blues by Against Me. Mm. That's very good. Okay. But I'm, um, you know, always with concept albums, I struggle to keep up with the story. Yeah. <laughs> Someone tells me it's a concept album. Like, okay, cool. I'm listening to the lyrics going, what's happening in the story? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, but. Uh, so it's, it's about a transsexual and, and someone dies in it. That's what, that's oh. what I've. That's what I've okay. So far, you're gonna have to listen to it again. Yeah, over and over again. Yeah, but, but which, make, which makes you just get into the songs even more. Exactly. It's absolutely worked, and, it, and it's a really good. There's a really good sense of humour to the lyrics in, in, okay. in a, a Morrissey kind of way. Sure. In that it's poetic and quite beautiful, okay. but also funny. Okay. One of the one of the songs is called "Dead Friend," and the, <laughs> and, and, and the first lyric of it is again one of my favourite first lyrics in the song is "You don't worry about the future anymore because you're dead." Because you're dead. <laughs> it's all over. Because you're dead. Uh, just really blunt. Jeez. Uh, yeah, uh, so not even, but it's but it's really nice. It was like it's that. funny and poetic. Yeah, no, absolutely. I was just, I just when you mentioned Morrissey, though, I just because yeah. uh, I started reading the biography. Oh yeah, um, when we were doing Detectorus, so we kind of had this thing where we'd play roulette with the book, right? And sort of pass it around, and just read <laughs> a random page out, and yeah, it was always the most kind of yeah really hideous kind of things of you know, being sort of murdered after gigs or yeah yeah so yeah him, him, him saying that. Uh, he thought that uh, was it Myra My- 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 Henley or Rose West should be strung up and paraded through the streets when they, <laughs> when, when, when they died for some reason I, I think it was when Henley, when Henley died but, but that, and they, they just the news just went over to Morrissey who was in Rome eating a fried breakfast and they went what do you, what do you think about this he said I think she, her body should be strung up hung upside down and paraded through the streets he went, great cheers Morrissey and now for who the who thought that was a good idea <laughs> let's go over to Morrissey he wrote a song about the <laughs> Is it, who, who was the Moors murders? Who was that? Uh, that was Hindley, wasn't it? Yeah, so it was Hindley. Yeah, yeah. So it was it was Hindley that yeah. that had died. Yeah, because so Smith wrote a song about suffer little children. I think was about, that's right. Yeah. about that. And so yeah, over to Morrissey. What, what do you think? Thinking we should all dance around her dead body. Okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> now let's go over to the weather. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, Morrissey he knows what he's doing. Okay, uh, back onto my iPod. Let's uh, let's see what's got in store for us. Who knows? Kate Bush uh, on Free by Radio. Um, lovely album. Mm, yeah, yeah. We were just sort of saying in, you know, as we were listening to the track. One of those artists that kind of takes her time. Yes, yeah. an album. It's know, a really it, long. Yeah, like ten, yeah. fifteen years. Or Magic numbers don't need to be rushing it on a bus. No, give yourself ten years. Just give yourself ten years, and you're fine. We'll wait. And then, like, yeah, I'm sure no one would have been clawing up the walls. You could have done it. But yeah, well, there you go. Kate, Kate, Kate Bush, uh, great example. Uh, thanks for coming. Absolute thanks pleasure. For coming. Thanks, been, for, been thanks for inviting me along. I've and, really enjoyed uh, it. All the best with everything. You got anything exciting coming up? Um, just concentrating on quite a bit of writing at the moment. So um, there's a feature film that I've written, which we're speaking to a few production companies now. So hopefully trying to get that moving along. Great. Uh, short film, Pesshead, uh, which a friend of mine, Gordon Warnicker, directed. So we've got a sizzle reel. So again, looking for some funding for that. So yeah, just keeping myself busy and seeing what happens. 
Awesome. Well, that's, uh, that's all. Keep, uh, mm. Can people follow you on Twitter? Uh, I'm on there. Yeah, for all it's worth. <laughs> <laughs> what's the what's the? Uh, uh, it's just thing. Paul Kassar, I think. Great. At Paul Kassar. At Paul Kassar. Why not? Thank you. Not? Let's have uh, one more song from your iPod. Right. And, uh, See if I can redeem myself from the last one. Yeah. And uh, I, th- I think, do you know what? I think we'll just go from this song just into another song as well and then that'll be it so uh, thanks for listening today thank you everybody uh, we'll see you see you next week cheers bye bye Paul's iPod here we go <laughs> <laughs> this song's fading up oh, hold on no what uh, Paul what do you know what's it? happened is I've bookended the show with making mistakes oh. in the middle I've absolutely <laughs> nailed it and just at the start and at the end I messed up Paul's iPod here we go bye